Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. And Dara Cunningham. Hello. First of all, big announcement. Bass and Bly will be sponsoring Leeds That for the remainder of the season. So huge thank you to them. Bass and Bly are Yorkshire's premier optics retailer. They sell the best in photographic equipment and optical equipment. I've said equipment twice. That's pretty rubbish, isn't it? Such as binoculars and spotting scopes. And they're obviously perfect if you're stood at a fence with a... (laughs) large cable cutters not that there'll be many people in our, our listener base that that do that i'm sure but i was in the shop the other week visiting in harrogate and honestly it's such a great place and you have to go visit it um, as you'll be well particularly if you're a photographic enthusiast or there's someone in your family who you're looking for kind of a gift particularly coming up to christmas but you will be inspired by how many cameras lenses collectibles gift ideas things like polaroid cameras that cameras they've got so definitely go there Spend some time looking in the shop, but in Harrogate. But if if not, take a look at bassandbly.com. The link's in our podcast blurb and also on our website, uh, which they're also currently working on a new one at the moment as well. So yeah, bassandbly.com. Chat with Justin about Leeds as well. If you just want to chat Leeds, go in and, and have a natter. Yeah, that's it. Well, when I went in, I had a good natter and I could see his eyes roll as I walked in because he, he thought, oh God, he's coming in to talk about Leeds, isn't he? He's like, busiest day of the week, Saturday. Got someone in talking about Leeds. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks ever so much to Bass and Bly and make sure you go there very soon. Uh, how are you both? You okay? Mm, struggling, but I'm happy. <laughs> hungover, very hungover, but wasn't too drunk to remember the game, which is good for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, tired, childbinding all weekend, has, has me wrecked, but other than that, no complaints. So, Rocco, um, important question. How was the food? How was the, how was the matched experience up in the gods of the no- uh, north stand, the top of the east stand? And we, I presume you're in the pavilion for a nice slap up meal, were you beforehand for your fortieth birthday? I was indeed, yeah. Um, and actually, your first question, the food, um, it was really good. Um, so yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a chicken dinner. Um, it was good. Um, but my mate who who did it last year, he went once. I think it was for his birthday last season. And like, I remember him saying how horrendous the food was then, um, you know, like served the cheapest muck that they could possibly dish out. And uh, he was very impressed. So obviously the 49ers have pulled the finger out and yeah, it was a good experience. Got uh, got on the stage, got a, a present for my birthday uh, off the club, a nice scratching shed scarf. 
and uh, yeah, the whole room sang happy birthday. Luckily, it wasn't just to me. There was like six people who'd had their birthdays. They were all kids uh, as well, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, so that was nice. But the nicest thing, uh, as I came off the stage, this guy came over to me. It's the first time I've been accosted in such a manner and uh, told me how much he loved the podcast. Oh, Which was amazing, that. yeah. So that was the highlight of the day. Even beat the football, I think. Um, yeah, that's lovely. And it's funny you should say um, say that about the birthdays because I, Andy, who set up the podcast with us, uh, his son was actually mascot yesterday for the game, and he came on. I was half expecting you to be out there, Rocco, as well, <laughs> <laughs> with your full kit on. It's probably the only thing he hasn't done for his birthday celebration. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Actually. That is true. Uh, I don't know if you ever remember this, but um, a few years ago, I think it was, I think it was Lincoln City. Yeah, it was Lincoln City, and there's a stag do, and uh, the, for the for the stag, they got him to be the mascot, and he was there holding the captain's hand, walking out. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> that is great. Rocco, um, what, so, were there any legends in the uh, in the pavilion? Would you? Ye- there were. There was uh, Mel Sterland and Ben Parker. I uh, had a bit of bounce with them on stage. Um, Paul Reaney was there. Steve Hodge um, was wanting to give him some, uh, well, wanted to ask him about the Maradona shirt, but uh, never got a chance. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, there was a few. There's always quite a few on uh, uh, Yeah, working. Uh, Noel Whelan uh, was there. I'm probably forgetting a few really good ones, but... Um, yeah, you were, yeah, it was good. You were, it was a good you, experience. You were blottoed, weren't you, Rocco? That's the problem. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, yesterday we witnessed uh, the six thousandth Leeds United goal scored by uh, Dan James. Uh, well, it's quite apt that you're here, Dara, because last time round we had a, a nice chat about our good friend Daniel James, didn't we? Yeah, the Dan James Appreciation Society is in full flow, and I think <laughs> I think word is spreading uh, throughout the annals of Elland Road and beyond that Dan James is a real deal. Uh, it's great to see him doing so well. He's re- really adding that final bit of quality to his game. Finishing touch, crosses, passes, blood and bluster, flying into tackles. Yeah, you got to love the guy. Got to love him. I had a, a really rough night last night with our daughter and uh, I've done zero prep for this podcast and, and Dara um, popped into the WhatsApp with his two-pager notes and I thought, this is brilliant. He's done. He's, he's got a, a, a swath of notes for me to read through that, to use his prompts. I can't read his handwriting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote him in Irish. <laughs> it's all in Irish. What, are you, what have you done to me? This is, this is dreadful. But uh, no, yesterday was a, a great day at, at Ellen Road. It was a, just to sort of paint it a bit for people that don't get a chance to go to games, but it was a lovely um, autumnal afternoon it was like the sun was quite shining nice and low into the east end and it was just a uh, very fresh but it was a uh, it was great and uh we're at that period of the year where the sun starts to set during games and it's uh I don't know, there's something about it that twilight at being at ellen road it's it's quite special did you um did you did, could you even see it rocker was the sun in your eyes in the east end yeah i completely missed all that we we were literally on the second back row so row well i saw the ticket and it was row y and I was like, oh, second back row. And then I thought, well, it probably isn't, is it? Like, you you think row Z's the back row. Uh, but yes, actually, it is. <laughs> row Z is the back row. So we were on the second back row. So, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people don't particularly like the East Upper. And, um, I mean, I wouldn't want a season ticket up there. But the view's amazing. Like, I really like being up there. Like, to see the game like that, even from the very back, like, I, I thought it was great. Um, and we were bang on the halfway line. It's quite funny. I like I couldn't hear the cop at all. Like 
I know they will have been chanting, but all I could hear all game was the South Stand who were uh, who were on fire. I think you might have seen some videos on Twitter of them uh, taking the piss out of the guy in the Cheetos. <laughs> Brilliant, uh, that, that was Brilliant. funny. Uh, but it's like so, it seemed a good atmosphere. But yeah, I could, couldn't hear the cop at all. How, how were you? Were you were, well, I guess the cop was missing me. I suppose. I think that's what it was, Rocco. Yeah, it, it was. It was quite quiet, and um, I did put in my notes actually to talk about um, the atmosphere in general at Leeds and. Uh, I know other podcasts and other people talk about it and, you know, it being slightly subdued, but I think there's just a, a weight of expectation. Um, and they, there is very much a, like, when we're winning, it's like, fine, we're winning because that's what we expected. But then it only really starts getting going again when we're actually uh, nervous and on, on edge. So it definitely felt quiet in the North Stand yesterday. Um, the, the last time I was in, oh, not the last time I was in the East End Upper, but my most memorable moment of being in the East End Upper was uh, Leeds versus Roma. Um, so uh, I was I was only a few rows from the front of the East End, but I still I, I had a brilliant view. And we were about halfway as well. And uh, I agree, like it's nice to see the pitch from that angle when you know you go as a supporter every other week and you're behind the goal. You kind of don't see what's happening at the other end, really, do you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the other thing on the atmosphere, um, like the cop completely emptied really, really quickly. I'm now re- like really slagging off the cop, <laughs> but yeah, like by the time the players went over to, uh, to you know to applaud them, um, he, he's had yeah, a, he's had a lovely meal. He's be, he's gone up a class. The <laughs> no, cop's and, too good for you now, Rocco. <laughs> exactly. What a, what a scumbag. Um, so uh, go on. I was going to say that's Dara. a funny one because. I think people in general were a little bit annoyed at the end of the match yesterday because, you know, we'd we'd missed so many chances and then we nearly, I wouldn't even say we nearly threw it away, but we obviously were in a bit of danger at the end. And it's funny because I wanted to bring this up at the pod. I was going to say, like, last year, if we we won a match 2-1, we'd have been jumping up and down, delighted with ourselves regardless of the circumstances. And I think it's probably a good time with the eye break for fans to just check ourselves and say, you know what, it's a privilege to be feeling this type of pressure at this time of the year, to be battling up this end of the of the table and still come away with three points and be a little bit disappointed you didn't score seven goals. So maybe a little check-in for all fans, including myself, who was a bit annoyed at first and then I had to kind of rein myself in. But yeah, I mean, this type of, this type of pressure is a privilege. It's an absolute privilege. I mean, like, look at... Look up Plymouth or anyone else. They don't have this pressure. They're just strolling through to 15th place in the league. We are up there at the very yeah. top fighting for everything at the right end of the table. That, that's the type of prefer- pressure that you should feel like it is a privilege. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt yesterday, um, I sort of felt like a, a fan of the old firm teams. Like, you know, it, the gulf was so big that I, you know, I went and just expected a load of goals to be scored and, you know, normally in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be Leeds that we're going to lose one nil. But like, I, I, do, I do feel like we're just a cut above so many of these teams now. And yeah, it was just, you know, it made me get that feeling that Rangers and Celtic must have, you know, playing Livingston and all, all the other teams week in, week out, pretty much knowing they're going to win. Um, I don't like saying that really, because it, it shouldn't be that way. And, and maybe I'm overconfident, but I mean, it, it was that type of game on it. We should have, we should have scored five or six. Football's a weird one, isn't it? Because like you can have a team that's so superior in a league and they're, they're echelons away from everyone around them, um, but you do just scrape results sometimes. It's just the way it goes. Like You even look at Chelsea today, Chelsea, Man City, and Man City have a far better side than, than Chelsea, and I think in the end it finished 4 all, didn't it? So it's 
it is just a, a funny old game, as they say. It's ironic um, you bring up Man City because that's what that's what this game reminded me of. Man City last season, they were two 0 up, they were cruising. Mm. We scored in the last ten minutes. It was Rodrigo scored, and by the end of the game, Haaland is holding the ball at the corner flag. Like that's kind of not yeah. dissimilar to what happened to us yesterday. So I think we just got to take stock of it and be delighted with the three points. Gaps down to eight. Great news. Great day. Um, yeah, no, completely agree, and it's a great point. Is that so? I, I'm just looking at your notes because I think I don't want to miss anything out. Like there's some good stuff in here, like that I've spotted. But I've got what's so what's your first minute? First I'm minute just intrigued. Was, that was Somerville on the left. The ball came to him, and he just kind of flicked it around himself and around the man and and sprinted onto it. And I was like, wow, okay, he's on it today. Yeah, some of it was uh, some of it was ridiculous. He's such a. I mean, it's worth us obviously mentioning that he picked up. Was it Player of the Month as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, thoroughly deserved. He's broken all sorts of Leeds United records as well. Uh, ones that I can't remember. Had I done some research and prep, I would would be able to tell you them. Yeah, some oh, of it. Some of it was. Excellent. I can't help. <laughs> he was. He was excellent yesterday. He was at the heart of absolutely everything. Uh, like even that little chip ball into into Ruter, I think it was called off. Oh no, it was, it was uh, Piro, Piro, and it was called offside. But even just the presence of mind to lift it over the defender's leg and. Uh, the only thing I think I think he maybe took a, took a few extra touches a bit uh, throughout the game, but he is on fire at the moment. You, you can't fault him. Uh, it's a pleasure to watch. He is. He's magnificent. He's. I think he's getting better and better. Um, yeah, fifteen goals. That was my hope for him this season. I think he'll. I think he'll nail it if he stays fit. Um, I would. I do think I'd like to see him centrally um, at some point. I'm sure there'll be an option to do that, and I reckon it's in Farker's mind. Um, yeah, maybe he could be even more dangerous in the middle. I remember when, oh God, I'm going to have to say his name now because I've started, but Harry Kuehl, um Ooh. when he got moved from the left wing into the centre and he was like so much more effective. Um, and I feel like Somerville's sort of like getting to those sorts of levels, at least in this division, um, where, yeah, maybe it could affect the game even more. But at the same time, you know, maybe then you'd lose out from the wing because he's, he's just awesome, isn't he? So, yeah, I suppose you don't don't change a winning formula. Do you think Ruta brings the most out of Somerville as well? I think they're like a really good partnership, how they, they, they've kind of created a, um, inst- well, they've created an instinct of themselves, haven't they? Like they know where one another are. They don't even sort of look for the pass. And that's obviously down to Farker and his coaching and, and, you know, those little movements that they that they go through in training. But yeah, it's exciting to watch um when you can see a pass. And I think, you know, particularly in the Marsh area, you'd see a player move and you and you think, just well just pass it there and then the pass doesn't come off. But it's like now you see in the movements and the ball being played where it should go. And it's uh yeah, it's exciting to watch. Really exciting. Yeah, you can you, a lot of the movement. Sorry, you go. Out, I was Dara. going to say you can you can see you can see it, the the friendship they have off the pitch, and it, they probably just like going into training every day and playing games with each other and training and going out for a bit of food and all that stuff. It's like when you when you have got that really nice chemistry with someone on on, on the football pitch. Um, and I, I actually thought uh, Somerville teamed up really well with Piru yesterday as well. I think Piru was making some, some great runs. And a point that you guys actually referenced uh, last time I was on was about those diagonal runs. And it was that diagonal run, just, just it was a little bit less diagonal than that. It was inside to inside out uh, for Piru's goal, where Somerville just flicked it around the corner and he tapped it in under the keeper's legs. But uh, yes, it's really, really, really fun watching Somerville at the moment, linking up with whoever it might be, Ruter or Piru or even Dan James. It's great. 
What did you think of Rutter yesterday then? So I, I went out after the game and uh, Justin from Bass and Bly got really annoyed with me because I said that Rutter, you know, I don't know what I said, but, you know, I said he wasn't as good as he's been. You know, I, I felt like he, he didn't look like a man against boys yesterday. Like a lot of things didn't quite come off for him. I think he played well, definitely. Um, but Justin thought it was amazing. So, yeah, well, I was interested to see what you guys thought. I think Ruter is the second coming, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he, he's just amazing to watch. Hang on, he's the, th- he's the third coming because Bielsa was the second. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Ruter's just brilliant. My, my mate who I went to the game with yesterday because my sister couldn't go, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, um, he's like, he just looks so happy, you look, you know, on the ball and he's having a laugh with the fans, like looking and smiling at them as well. I was like, yeah, but you would if you were like the best player in the league as well. <laughs> he's like, he's miles above everyone. Um, I know we'll, we'll probably, as we always do, sort of jump around a bit, but the, the one moment that springs to mind is um, in the second half when he, he, I don't know how he did it. And I've, I've tried to screen record it to watch it as well, watch it back and slow it down. But he sort of whisks the ball up in the air to Piro, who brings it down. Or he doesn't bring it down, he heads it where he could have actually brought, brought it down. But just the ball was like, I don't even know which part of his foot that's come off. <laughs> just just amazing. So, yeah, he's, he's so, it's so good watching an exciting um, exciting player. And I saw, I saw a few people on Twitter sort of saying, you know, he's not reached... Um, the levels yet you know because he's not scoring goals and stuff uh true but he's young like and he's got so much ahead of him he's he's amazing the the roof is very high on that young man yeah i, I couldn't agree more i thought he was brilliant yesterday i think i think he suffered yesterday from poor finishing but it was both yeah. his own poor finishing and the teams because if you look at the amount of chances he created there was the, the that one for Piro where you, where he chipped it over the top if Piro puts that in that's goal of the season because which are which you, you haven't mentioned is his pirouette, his Zidane swerve with the ball as the ball came into him. He had three players around him, and as the ball came into him, he spun around Zidane style, creating lots of space. Then ran into it and flicked it over the defender's head to Piru. Uh, he had the one for Nanto, Nanto's chance. He set up uh, Jaden Anthony's chance. He set up numerous other chances throughout the game, and then obviously he missed a few himself. Um, like he could have been involved in, in eight goals yesterday. So. Again, I can go back to taking a bit of perspective on it. He's not going to score everything. If he did, he'd be a hundred million quid player. But he's absolutely a joy to watch. He is some of the stuff he's doing is just so fun, and he's a great guy. The Halloween stuff as well was bad, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what 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 a bloke, what a player. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
It's funny that you should say pirouette, actually, because in my notes uh, last night, so basically I was shattered and I put my phone on charge upstairs and I went downstairs, sat down, I was like, oh, I've left my phone. So I just engaged with what my wife was doing, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I should probably do more often. And uh, and she was watching Strictly. And um, as I was watching it, I was, I was I was like actually getting into it and I was like starting to understand <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, the, the footwork is absolutely amazing. And all my head went back to was Root. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like watching Strictly, I was like, Root would be amazing on this. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Root's fault in the end. Um, yeah, but here we go. I thought Piro did well um, playing behind him, actually. I thought he looked really good yesterday. I think it was maybe... Maybe it's best game, but yeah, I was I was impressed. Don't know if it was my vantage point, but um, yeah, he just seemed to he seemed to basically like it looked like a natural number ten. Actually, you know, it looked like the team had a natural number ten playing there. It didn't look, nah, didn't didn't look off in any way. It was I thought it was great, fitted in really nicely. You know what on that one actually, it seemed to me that there was a bit more of a plan or a slightly different plan at the very least to what uh, Piro was doing because. Camaro was dropping kind of deep into the left back role, or at least supporting the left side. And Peru was linking up a lot with Archie Gray and Dan James. So I'm not sure if there was just a slight tweak to to, to it. Maybe it was a one-off with it being uh, Plymouth. Maybe it was the fact that it was a home game. People have a bit more freedom. For whatever reason, uh, I absolutely agree. I thought that was his best game. Um, but again, another one was probably guilty of a few poor finishes, um, particularly that one that he took off Ruter's toe. Um, in the box where he just shot it off the off the backside of one of the Plymouth uh, defenders, which was a bit of a pain, not least for the defender. But um, yeah, another one who just finishing was just a little off yesterday. Apart from that, obviously fantastic finish through the keeper's legs. One thing I um, thought of Leeds, and I know we get a lot of praise for it, but at the start of the season, I didn't think we were pressing that great. Um, but we are starting to press really well now, and I thought we did it again, well against Leicester. And, and obviously, for the for the first goal, was brilliant. And Kamara sort of nicked it off their defender, didn't he? That and then it fell into Dan James's path. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, do you think it's got better? Um, has it changed how we're doing it? it? To me, it seems really noticeable how good we are at it at this point. I know for me, um, I, I think definitely it's improved, um, but. Probably I'll hand over to you, Dara, for some tactical analysis, I think, because <laughs> I don't really mean it more. You were definitely hung over. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's hard to tell based on the opposition because Plymouth were awful yesterday. You might saw, you see the tweet that I put up that um, Plymouth have made more passes to Leeds players in the first 45 minutes than Weston <laughs> McKenney made all the last season. Um, but they, they were making it a bit easy for us and they were trying to play too much football which in fairness I admired them for and I think they were good enough side so they'll be fine in the league but um, probably a hard one to tell I think it's definitely the reason why Ruter is up front and Peru is in the middle is that Ruter is definitely better at pressing and he gets her out a little bit quicker and a little bit more nimbly than, than Peru so it just starts that press well from up front so I can actually see the reason now off the ball why he wants Ruter ahead of Peru, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can judge much on that game because Plymouth were very, very generous given that ball, uh, and not least for the first goal. If we want to talk about that, I mean that guy pinged it at Dan James at 100 miles an hour, and he cushioned it into his own path like Messi, and then blazes it <laughs> into the top corner. It was, that was an incredible touch. Like honestly, if Messi yeah, does really that was. touch, people are talking about it for for months. If Pablo does that touch, people are watching it back for years. That was an unbelievable cushion to touch into his own path 
setting himself up for that one touch shot. I didn't think he was capable of that. It's amazing. Even even now that I know that he's a good player, like I still was surprised to see him do that so well. Because like you say, that's a hell of a skill. You know, to literally he practically stopped it dead, like a yard out of his path, like it couldn't have been a better touch. And the finish as well was tremendous. Angled it, you know, sort of, yeah, bent it just inside the post. Keeper couldn't couldn't get near it. It was uh... the story of Dan James is great, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, you know, wanted to come to Leeds. Ended up going to Scum. Scum didn't want him. Ended up coming to Leeds. Came to Leeds. Leeds didn't want him. Shipped him out to Fulham. Came back to Leeds. Dropped into the Championship. Willing to give it his all and become a a great player for the club. And because he loves it. And I just think he cannot. You cannot ask for more than that. It's just brilliant. And I'm so glad he's doing well. Um, I I, I absolutely love Dan James. And I'm I'm not saying he's the best player and and that there's definitely room for him to to grow, but He's doing a phenomenal uh, job for the club of where we are. And, yeah, I'm just very, very happy he's here. Yeah, ditto. Um, you mentioned Messi there um, and Dan James in the same <laughs> path. Well, I will, mention, I will mention a name to you um, who has played with Lionel Messi, and that is Junior Firpo. Uh, so <laughs> so Sam, Sam Byram um, was having a very good Sam Byram game as usual, and he ended up pulling up with a... Um, some sort of hamstring injury, I think, which I've said is only minor. But um, yeah, we saw the outing of Junior Firpo. He got a, I got some uh, chance. I'm not sure how sarcastic they were or not. Well, for me, he was at fault for their goal. Um, if you look at him, he gets drawn to their right winger and he's left a huge gap between himself and Cooper, which is exploited by the pass through. And I wouldn't mind, but I was actually just about to text into my family group and say... Fearboss doing all right, isn't he? <laughs> and I thought, glad I didn't send that 30 seconds earlier. Um, <laughs> look, that can happen when players are coming back from a long-term injury, but he doesn't have the best record, so it doesn't really inspire confidence in you. No, it doesn't. It, like, we've seen that sight so many times, haven't we, of Firpo trotting back, you know, like miles behind the, the attack as the, as the opposition score a goal. So that was, yeah, it was disappointing. The yeah, the immediate danger was centrally, wasn't it? Like he should have, yeah. He, 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 I don't think he should have been where he was. Like maybe Farker might disagree. Maybe, maybe you know that's where he wanted him. And I don't know whether maybe it was Cooper that like maybe should have been more on it. I don't know, but it seemed like it was. Was it Ampadu's man that that sprinted through? But either way, it was a bit of a mess, and it's 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 no coincidence that it's down Firpo's side. Otherwise, he didn't do too badly, did he? No, he was okay otherwise. I think he, he even got a booking out of Whitaker at, at one point as well. But I was just about to ask, actually, is that the same type of goal as Southampton scored against us? Was it just just inside, yeah. just inside Cooper? Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Might be a weakness that's goal. been exploited. Well, I mean, Cooper did look. Should we say rusty? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I think it's fine to say that he does look rusty. You know, he's not been playing for a while. He's had injuries. He's seasoned pro now, and he's he's older, and that's kind of the way what we get. And that's the risk of someone like Pascal Strauch being out with a hernia. Um, you, you're going to get your kind of backup players. And that's what Cooper is now. Unfortunately, I know he's our captain, but it's it's going that way. Um, but but on Furpo and um, you know, like pros are very good at like okay, so we haven't got the ball. I must defend this man or we're attacking. I must put pressure on up the field. And I, I watched my nephews uh, under 14s, under 15s uh, game this morning. And the <laughs> the wing backs are very much like just 
watching the ball and watching the game and you know like l- letting the players go off the shoulders and that's that's what it's like watching Firpo sometimes I think like he's you know technically he's really good but so he just completely switches off and it's like it's baffling because it is basic stuff you know really basic stuff but well, you might remember what I what I did the Victor Orta episode that I mentioned that we should I remember yeah, <laughs> remember the lawsuits that came in after it. Um, I mentioned that Firpo should never have been signed in the first place because his weakness uh, according to all football scouts, was one-on-one defended. It's like, well, what are we signing yeah. for for the only man-to-man system in the world then? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he got caught out yesterday because he was neither uh, he was neither touch tight to his man nor covering that gap between himself and Cooper. And he was just in no man's land. Uh, so yeah, no, he, I tell you, he, that he really let us down yesterday with, with regards to that. But look, it's early days, and he is rusty, like you say about Cooper. Players are going to be rusty. In fact, I, I said it last time I was on. I, think, I still think we need to retain Cooper. Because yeah. the fact is, if we sell him, we just have to buy someone else with experience because you can't just have all young centre-backs. So I think he's vital for the team. And yeah, if he might get a little, little run of games, I think he'll, he'll only get better. He never really lets us down. He's got a mistake in him. But he's a championship defender. What do you expect? I felt at times yesterday, I don't know if you thought this, but we looked a bit complacent in the I think Kamara tried some sort of weird little back heel and even even Gray was having a go at one point where he was like oh, I could probably pass this easy but I'm going to take him on <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing to watch because like some of it was in front of me and I thought bloody hell like he look he looks so beyond his his years it's crazy um he's got such a good footballing brain and I think I might mention this on the podcast um before but I remember listening to Eddie Gray in an interview a few few years ago, and and one of the things he said was, you know, you can be technically brilliant at football. I guess like this is a good example of Furpo, <laughs> but you've also got to be really good at playing the game and understanding the game and how to work your opponent. And and Archie's got that in like absolute bags, and it, it's it's scary. I know we say it all the time, but it is scary. He's seventeen years old, and uh, and I also don't want to big him up too much, but here we are because he's play, he's playing amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't not. We're, you know, we're here to talk about Leeds, so yeah, we have to talk about how good he is, and he's just magnificent. Um, brilliant performance again, like you say. Some of his footwork, some of the stuff he does under pressure, just turns his man, accelerates away from him. Even defending one on one, he seems almost unbeatable. Don't think he put a foot wrong all day. Um, He's awesome. And yes, I mean, he's only going to get stronger, of course, as well, but he can already hold his own in the championship. But yeah, um, it's it's remarkable, really. Um, yeah, I saw the rumours, the rumour mill uh, getting into, into traction uh, for January with Liverpool coming in with a 50 million bid, apparently. Um, I definitely don't think we need to worry at this stage. Um well, well, on that as well, we've spoken to Hayden in the past, and you know Hayden's always been Hayden Evans, who's um, Archie's agent, uh, obviously in cohorts with his um, Archie's dad as well, Andy Gray. And um, there's always been interest; like, there's been interest in Archie for years because he's such a talent. So these things are never going to go away, um, and it is what it is. It's paper talk. So yeah. And the thing is with Archie Gray, if you're a Leeds fan and you can't get excited about Archie Gray or you're going to poo-poo other people who are going to get excited about Archie Gray, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. For a start, he's a Gray. Like, we should be all happy to have any more Greys in the Leeds team. And secondly, he could be the best of a lot of them. Like, mm. the way he's playing at the moment, he's got the potential to, to surpass Eddie. Like, he is that good. And I, I think Eddie Gray is one of the top five players to ever play for Leeds. Well, like, Archie is 
Archie's special. There's something quite incredible about this lad. And you see even yesterday when he starts stepping into the middle of the park. Yeah, and winning yeah. balls and flicking it around people and stuff like if you do that from a right back position he was just drifting into the middle of the park that kid is going to go that's, he's going to go right to the very top of world football if he keeps his head on the, uh, head and his shoulders and his feet in the ground yeah there was a moment where he was in the middle I think it was probably the aftermath of a corner and he sort of I think he did really nice footwork and then ended up passing it out to the left hand side but I was just thinking then um, sometimes for players it's interesting seeing them go into another position and almost like watch the position that they would usually play. I imagine like being that close to it and seeing everything happen in the middle of the park, you get kind of a new perspective of playing really close with the players like Kamara, who's brilliant, and obviously Ampadu as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's all a really good part of his education, kind of slotting into two different roles already. Yeah, I mean, actually, that, that piece you're, you're, you're talking about was he steps into the middle of the park and he wins it. He plays mm. a fabulous ball to, to Ruter, who do, to dummies it. And then <laughs> uh, Somerville does like a one-two with him. And it's the one where he blazes over again. And actually, one thing on Ruter, just go back to him just very, very briefly. And this is something my brother Shay said to me today. Have you noticed he seems to fall over every time he shoots? <laughs> Which, ironically, the last player I remember doing that was Steve Hodge. But Steve Hodge used to always fall over and then put it in the back of the net. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Reuter seems to be off balance constantly when he's having a shot. Mm. It's maybe something he needs to work on. Maybe it's, maybe it's the final piece of the puzzle. I mean, like, who am I to tell Reuter what he needs to work on? But I just... I, wanna see, I, wanna see, I would see that in Thorpe Arch, just Dara being like... Why are, you, why are you falling over? Come here, Georgina. Let me have a word with you. Come here. <laughs> but I know there's, there's probably something in that, and you're right, because it, it might be just that excitement, you know, in the moment of being like just going for it, like smashing it, whereas thinking he could easily just simply place it into a corner. I remember someone saying, um, was it John Terry who missed a penalty in the Champions League? Yep. And yeah. And so, someone, um, someone had said they'd done some analysis on his penalty taking, and he'd got like a history of like slipping over on penalties, and it's just a technique that he'd never been able to grasp but hopefully it is something i mean you might have pointed out a key weakness that yeah we we do could be coached out of him dara or he might he might not just fall over he might just add shit studs on you still. <laughs> yeah, it seems hopefully, to happen uh, hopefully terry Henry's listening to this podcast and he'll uh yeah he'll shake it out of them in the eye break oh don't mention terry Henry to an irishman rocco don't mention terry <laughs> to an irishman yeah crikey uh yeah under 21s call up for router um to a manager who must not be named. So yeah, that's that's really good stuff. And that'll be amazing for his confidence as well. Let's hope he can stay uh, injury-free for Leeds. That's all that matters to us. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? What else are we plucking out from Dara's amazing notes? How about, uh, how, about how, how did Edwards manage to stay on the pitch? Uh, this is a guy who came on, took the captain's armband and proceeded to smash Rodon straight, straight away. And then there was another few tackles he'd done throughout the match. I think he did end up getting booking in the end. Well, he should have been sent off. That, that guy was, was possessed when he came on, trying to, trying to put it about. Angry man. He travelled a long way, hasn't he, to suffer a defeat to Leeds United. So he's going to be angry, isn't he? <laughs> um, but speaking of which, actually, we, I mean, we've talked about our fans a lot, um, travelling away fans, but that, to be fair, was a great effort from them. <laughs> and they were, they were singing a lot as well. You know, 3,000 sold out. A lot of them, I saw, um, I think it was Away Days might have posted that a coach had set off at about 3.30 in the morning for them to help to lead. So incredible stuff, really. And you, know, you got to admire that. But that's what, uh, what, what Farka was mentioning, actually, before the game. He was saying, like, we, we can't be complacent in these games. You know, it's easy to get up for Leicester 
away but you've got Plymouth at home and it's it's a really important game and I think the thing to remember again these are not my words these are these are our bosses um he was saying that like Plymouth will have been dreaming of this game all season they'll have been saying look imagine if we went up and Leeds came down and we had an away day at Elland Road so like, this is a huge game for them but as you said all credit to their fans for coming long long trip they tried to, they tried to play football but unfortunately they wore chinos and uh, the South Stand <laughs> took it from there. Oh dear. Uh, what about um, Rodon? Absolute man mountain. Love the guy. What a player. Like, I mean, he just defends everything. Like, he's just always there, apart from when they scored. But every time, every other attack, like, it's always Rodon stopping it. He's just awesome. And it was quite funny because I saw on Twitter, there's a video... I'd, you might not remember it not being Italian, but um, Cannavaro in the in the 2010 was it 10? No, 2006 World Cup in Germany in the semi final, and uh, Italy are winning one 0 in the last minute of extra time, and ball comes in the box. Cannavaro heads it away, and then he steams after his own header, so he, like runs out of the defence, like completely ludicrous, really. But then he wins the second ball straight away, and like I absolutely love that. I could watch it all day. And Rodon did the same thing. He did the same thing on uh, on Saturday, right at the end. He won a header, and then he, he followed it out and won the ball again off the off the guy that picked it up. And uh, that was just well, I just loved it. I'll be honest. I think I need to watch Rodon some more because I've just um, I basically just got so comfortable with that area of the pitch now, with him and Strauch in particular. I don't watch it enough. It's a bit like Ampadu as well, where I've just been like, right, okay, that bit's sorted. Let's 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 watch the exciting <laughs> bits. Um, and I think I do need to pay more attention to it. And and I think as well, because when Ben White came in, it was so exciting watching Ben White go on those marauding runs up the field. And Rodon's kind of a more subtle player than that, isn't he? He's very much like reading the game, intercepting stuff, sorting out a mess, on we go again. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's a, top, a really top player. He's at the heart of everything defensively that we do. He gets his head on everything. He scored yesterday as well. Um, mm. that, that, that corner, that wasn't far off. Um, but I think it's it's fascinating the way we're talking because we've already mentioned Messi and Cannavaro. <laughs> um, so we're, we're really comparing Leeds players. And we all know I compare Jorginho to Zidane every day. So, yeah. Uh, Archie's better than Eddie. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, Jesus. So, yeah, we've, we've got four. So we've already got Eddie Gray... Uh, Fabio Cannavaro, Lionel Messi, and uh, Zidane in our team. You can't, you, you can't tell me football fans don't get carried away after a winner. Plymouth <laughs> Argyle at home, <laughs> two wood hanging on in the last minute. God, we really were hanging on as well. Like I felt, I felt. I don't know how it felt for you watching uh, at home, Dara, but in the stadium, it was very, very nervy. I think, I think it was just as soon as it went, it was like, oh, just here we go again. It's, but you know, I think the championship is a different beast. You're not up against teams that will just punish you uh, or players that will punish you in particular so yeah was it nervy for you yeah when the six minutes went up i was ah oh, dear 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 but they never really threatened us uh, and again i suppose that's kind of why it reminded me of man city last season is that like they could have all the time in the world and they were only one goal ahead or one goal behind but they didn't have a chance we, we, we didn't give them a chance i think Rodon made a couple of kind of interceptions or blocks other than that there, there, there was no danger. There was no last minute save, like against against Leicester or anything like that. Yeah, we looked like. Well, I think we could have scored ourselves two or three goals in injury time, couldn't we? Nonto had a couple, and Anthony as well. Um, I mean, it's still nervy, isn't it? 
um, you know, like in the very last seconds, they looked like they had quite a dangerous attack and Ampadu tried to take out the guy as he, as he came forward. But yeah, once they got into Rodon territory, there was, uh, yeah, that was it. Good night, Vienna. Well, my last note is actually 96 minutes, Rodon, yes, yes, yes. So I can't remember, I can't remember what he did, but he did something cool. Claro thing. Yeah, could have well been, actually. Uh, Nyonto, you put, should score 78th minute as well, Dara. I was just going to come back to that after you mentioned his name, Rocco. Um, I thought Nyonto did well when he came on, and he, he stopped um, a late attack from Plymouth as well. But uh, it's a funny one, Nyonto, because obviously there's been a lot of talk last week around, you know, him potentially looking at other clubs in January. And, and his attitude does kind of, it doesn't feel great when whenever we've seen him at, at the ground. Um, and he was on his haunches at the end, just in the middle of the pitch, which I thought for, for a long time, which I thought was really weird. Uh, but when the players warm up in front of us uh, down that north stand, west stand corner. And um, Patrick Bamford like lent on Nyonto to like steady himself as he was like stretching. And Nyonto sort of gave him like this really weird look. It was like he was angry that he touched him. It was, it was, really, <laughs> it was really bizarre. Um, so there's like little, I mean, it might be just me like being sensitive to the environment. But um, yeah, just something doesn't feel right. Could be an Italian thing. Like I'd imagine if you tried to lean on Rocco at the moment, he would uh, look at you like that as well because he would probably fall <laughs> over and vomit on you. Yeah. <laughs> True, actually. Is it, is it an Italian thing, Rocco? Are you an angry man? See, <laughs> um, Nyonto has been demoted to the Italian under twenty ones. That's quite big news. Yeah, so he'll be he'll be he'll be angry about that. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's all these things and decisions have fostered. Um, fostered that to where it is today so it's one of them where i think does he think because i didn't move on am i in the under 21s but the reality is is i think just not getting your head down and and carrying on is probably what's got him to this point it's not over he's young he's clearly got talent he just needs to crack on yeah he hasn't had a good season that's the fact of the matter he's playing in the championship he's not tearing it up he can't get into the team he's been injured um but i think you're right i think his performance yesterday definitely looked better and i believe he did hang around it didn't just storm off the pitch yeah, yeah. straight after. So maybe he's coming around and maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's decided, right, I just have to settle down. This is all on me. Um, but definitely thought there was an improvement yesterday um, from both his application and uh, his quality. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Going back to Rodon, sorry. Um, I saw something about maybe there being a £15 million buyout clause. Is that right? No, I think um, I think Phil Hay actually mentioned that um, there was talk of us originally going in for 15 uh, Well, we, we were interested in buying him, um, and it was like £15 million and Leeds said no, and then it was basically 
said, well, you you can loan him if you want. So, but it's kind of good to know that that's the ballpark. If you know we're going to try and buy a player or buy Joe Rodon if we were to get in the Premier League, so a, a good price as well. Yeah, yeah. It's only ten Sam Greenwoods. Yeah. That's the yeah, note good. I literally just wrote as you were saying that. And I like, did you see his free kick at the weekend? He pinged yeah, the yeah. top corner from like 30 yards out. And you're like, why on earth did we agree to 1.5 million? Surely that's the baseline we could have got from him if he'd had a terrible season. But he's actually having a great season. Yeah. He's, and the thing is, we talk about season tickets and everything else going up in prices. And the season tickets went up, and I think the club made an extra 2 million or something out of that. The fact is, you could sell Sam Greenwood for 3.5 million, 4 million, 5 million. It's not massive money. But then you could perhaps lower the, the season tickets again for a season. So it, th- these things do matter, these decisions that were made. And it's just ironic that probably the one decision that was made over Farker's head, because you imagine Farker just went, yeah, you can loan him. It was the club who would have decided what the price was or to agree a, a price on a on a purchase. Um, and it was a terrible decision because <laughs> he could score Ted this season from midfield. Yeah, it seems I, I, I can't get my head around it. I almost... Don't believe it. Like there must be a mistake. Why would we have that price in as a as an agreed deal? Like, what would be the point? Like, you know, you'd be better off, you know, just like giving them and well, giving them no option, and you know, taking him back at the end of the season if he's rubbish. Like, I I, I just don't understand how that helps. Like us having a one and a half million uh, fee in there, bizarre. James, any any answers for us? Um, well, it's one of those where is it tied into his original agreement with the club, which was under the period of Victor Orta? So uh, we we don't know, do we? We don't know until we know. Um, so yeah, but it was a great goal. I watched it back a few times, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he's famous for that, isn't he? You know, there's so many videos, oh, videos. Got to sound old. So many clips of him uh, playing in the under twenty three, scoring those goals. Um, does it for fun, doesn't he? So, not surprised. And actually, I watched the highlights of that game, and he was he was smashed off the like proper. Someone properly went through him, and he earned that free kick for them as well. So he did deserve it. And I watched those highlights just to see what was going on um, with the, with Leicester as well. And they miss it, it. It's funny, isn't it? Because we've we've come out of the Plymouth game. We're happy that we've 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 won. We missed a load of chances, but thankfully we scored some. You look at Leicester and you look at their fans and what they were saying on Twitter, they were having a bit of a meltdown because Iannaccio, Dewsbury Hall, a few others missed absolute sitters and it's cost them the game. So it's so fine. Like Even at this level, it's, you've got to take your chances, otherwise it's you lose to a, a blinding free kick by Sam Greenwood. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think that's, that's probably a good point in terms of, again, just scoping out where we are at this moment in time. Um, and I think it's fair to say we are the best team in the league at the moment. You know, every team is going to have those games where it doesn't all go right in your favour, but more often than not, it's going in our favour. Um, and long may it continue. Definitely. Um, anything else we need to pluck out? Um, Kamara. I thought Kamara was great, to be fair. Um, really, really assured. Um, Centre of everything, really. I think he was, yeah, even, like even more so than Ampadu, really. I think... Uh, I think Kamara was the main man in there yesterday. I was very impressed. Yeah, Ampadu was, I felt like he was, oh, I've probably got this wrong, but I felt like he was playing a little bit deeper and just sort of covering defence a bit more. Uh, maybe that's a subtle thing with Cooper coming back in, I don't know. But I think he, I just, you just didn't see much of him, but that maybe that's because Plymouth just didn't have a lot of the ball as well. So, um, 
yeah, Kamara is excellent. And I thought he obviously started off rusty because he wasn't fit. He didn't have a full preseason with us as well, but he's really getting into the flow of it now. And he's just so strong. We talked about it last week, didn't we, against Leicester, that he just sort of does that thing where he cushions, shields him, shields the ball and bounces off that player and gets a yard. And yeah, he's just fantastic to watch. He did make me wince though when he did that <laughs> when he did that little back heel or something in you know yeah. there's a bit of mix up wasn't there but anyway we came through unscathed so that's fine yeah you're spot on about Ampadu as well he was definitely playing a little bit deeper yesterday and then because because um, Plymouth weren't offering as much going forward that uh, he was probably less noticeable but it was one of those games where we had more of the ball so he yeah. didn't need to be snapping into tackles and getting in front of players and making those interceptions like he always does which is what he stands out for um, and it was, it was probably a, a more of a ball player's time to shine. So the likes yeah, exactly. of Kamara could drift over to the left and link up with Boyram and, and Somerville and Ruter could come over and Perot and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, a game for, for players like Ampadu and Cooper and Rodon to just be in the background for 90, well, 85 minutes or however long it was. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Cool. Should we do um, Man of the Match and Player Ratings? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, starting with Ian Melier. What do we do with him? Does he get a six? I obviously <laughs> have nothing to do. Do you hate Melier or something? <laughs> no, I love him. I think he's world class. Uh, but he can't have a seven, can he? He conceded the only... Did he make a save? I don't think he did. Six isn't like terrible, but... I don't know. My, it's, Do it's, I hate him? <laughs> so, so Andy, Andy's son absolutely loves Melier, um, and he was Melier escorted him onto the pitch as the mascot yesterday. So, oh, um, so um, yeah, there's some great photos of him. Actually, he looks dead chuffed. Um, so I can't, I can't mark him down for that because he was like a beautiful escort. Um, so seven, Rocco. Seven for the beautiful ex- escort. Yeah, he, he did nothing wrong all game, and he could not, he do nothing about the goal. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fusion as well. Uh, Archie Gray. Um, Six, Rocco. Uh, I'm, again, tempted with nine, um, but I'd maybe go for a baseline of an eight. What do you two think? Personally, for me, I think there's going to be a lot of eights in here. I think it's, it, was, it was a good eight performance. Had we just seen it out at 2-0, I think it would have been eights across the board. Um, but yeah, I'd agree with an eight for Archie Gray. Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, left back, uh, probably even he didn't really seem to get involved that much. I think it was one of them where, um, yeah, like Dara said, they didn't really have a lot of the, of the ball, and that's where he comes in good usually as well when he's sort of fighting back for possession. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. Seven's probably fair, probably would have got an eight if he'd done the full game. Yeah, totally agree. And no more to add to that. That's that's exactly it. Uh, Cooper, then, uh, I'm tempted to give him a six, I'm afraid. <laughs> the the oh, wince is on our faces here. It's, I always feel so bad. Like, he's not, he didn't really do anything wrong, but Strauch's been so good he, recently. He did. He, I think he did. And there was one in the first half. Like, he, I think he's like, his turning speed has slowed down quite but, drastically. But, I, but think. I, think, I think this is it, though, is like, he has done stuff wrong. <laughs> but you sort of forgive him when we win. So my head can't go to forgive it. <laughs> I forgive him, but it doesn't mean I'm going to give him an, an eight or a seven. No. It might yeah, be. No. Well, could he have a seven? Is there any argument for him to have a seven? I think it's. I think it's probably a six, but with the caveat that it's with no malice. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's coming back into the. It's he's coming back into the team. He's been out for a long time. Yeah, exactly. He didn't do anything particularly bad, but he did look a little rusty. And yeah. hopefully, next game he'll be he'll be back to himself again. 
That's it. Five. <laughs> With malice. Uh, Rodon, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to give him a nine, please. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched him enough to make comment on Rodon. <laughs> um, so I'm going to trust you on that. I mean, you, you said, you've been you've been waxing lyrical for weeks, so yeah. And you said the only is. thing is he didn't have to do that much, though, did he? But even still, you've still got to do the things that you have to do very well and right. So I think it's fair enough. Yeah. Let's let's go nine. He had to cover for Cooper, didn't he? Great. Um, seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. He just didn't see enough of the game. Yeah, not his type of game. He didn't have. He wasn't under any pressure, which is how he shines. Yeah. Uh, Kamara eight. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, uh, he's trying to remember yeah, yeah. who played. <laughs> You're going to say Sinistera again, won't you? Oh, well, don't get me started on him. Really good game. We'll come back to him. Oh, God. Um, Somerville, um, nine. He's like in between eight and nine, but we don't do 0.5s, do we? Because David Dean doesn't like it. So No, only 9.5s are allowed. Uh, allowed. Okay. I, I, I'd go with an eight on him just purely because he missed so many chances. And I think on a few times he did hold onto the ball a little too yeah. often, which cost us chances. So yeah. for yeah. me, it wasn't good enough to be a nine. A nine, a nine is like yeah. a hat trick or something, you know? I think Fair enough. One of the, Plymouth is one of those games where they were sort of confident they were always going to win, so they did do that thing of just dwelling on the ball a lot where they should just punch the ball around to one another and just get out the field quicker. But anyway, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair rating. Uh, James, um, probably eight as well then? Yeah, I'd go with an eight as well. I think, actually, funny enough, the, the, the one thing that people were criticising for was the cross he put in just behind Somerville. But if you watch it back, Somerville makes us run too early because when Somerville gets in front of the defender, the ball is still a good three feet away from Dan James. He, he has no opportunity to actually cross it in mm. at that point. He crosses it in at, his, at the earliest chance he can. Uh, because he's so quick, he kicks it that bit further in front of him. Um, so yeah, like you can look at those and you can think, oh, that was a poor cross. But actually, if you analyse it, it was a mistimed run. Um it's interesting that because in the last minute of injury time we had a chance. And, hey, none uh, for me. Uh, no, it was it was the Nyonto one, and he tried. I think Nyonto tried to square it to Bamford, and the cross was intercepted. And I thought, oh, like how how can you you know just keep it away from the defender? But when I saw the re- replay, his movement was uh, yeah to blame. He should have just sort of hung, hung back on the on the penalty box on the penalty spot, and he'd have had a tap in. So yeah, sorry to do a bit of Bamford bashing, but. Was bad movement, which isn't his. Yeah, you know, normally his movements uh, excellent, isn't it? Speaking of which, you know, um, I know we're, we've ruined ratings now. We're obviously going to get back into it. But Jaden Anthony had that effort where he cut inside. I think he scored. His goal was similar that he scored a few weeks ago yeah. as well. But the run that Nyonto makes, if you watch, it's a really poor run. He does that diagonal run that we've been talking about for weeks. But he runs across and brings the defender with him, and it yes. hits the defender. It's like actually that would have been a great goal had he not made that run or just timed it better, basically. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, Rocco, your ratings. Um, El Peru, um, eight for me. Yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, really good performance. Lovely. And then Jorginho. Ten. I, I, uh, just for Justin, I'll propose an eight. Yeah, I'd agree with an eight. And for the same reasons as Somerville, he missed he missed too many really good chances to, to oh. get higher than eight. If he had a, if he had a chip the keeper on that one as well, it's like oh, it would have been amazing. Do you know what annoys me is that that chip the keeper one. That's one you can imagine him doing in training. I know, yeah. arch so yeah. easily. And you're like, yeah. just as do so, it. As soon as it landed to him, you think he's going to chip this, and then he just like passes it to the keeper, like, oh, <laughs> crying out loud. Anyway, 
I really do think, yeah, I, I do think his finishing will, will come on though. I, I think he will. Uh, and I really hate the uh, the expression of like one goal, he just needs a goal and then he'll be away. I, I don't think that, but I think over the coming year or two or three, um, I think he'll start banging him in for fun, definitely. Daniel Farker, the golden boot collector, so he's going to, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Um, does any of the subs want a rating? We could rate Furpo because I really hate the error message that I got on my spreadsheet when, when there's no entry. <laughs> yeah, let's do it then. We could get Furpo yeah, off the 50, off, 51 off minutes the he came on, so yeah, you got to rate him. Oh, did he? Ah, yeah. oh, definitely then. Oh. Well, he's gay. I think, I, think, yeah, I, don't, I think it's fair. Uh, I don't think he was great. And, it, you know, I don't think it was tactical instruction that he was up that far up the field so yeah five. yeah i agree uh, sadly i agree like he was he was okay to a point but then he wasn't said with malice uh, <laughs> i think that's probably it then isn't it the uh the other the others came on too late to get it right yeah, 77 really. minutes was nanto and uh and anthony they were both okay. yeah as you say nanto, yeah they, nanto did, nanto did, they well. did all right yeah i, I just that's the thing we could we could, like if you, if you get a thirty million pound bid in January, like do you take it? Might, might we as well the money? And here's, here's the healthcare. big question: Do you take it and bring back Brendan Aronson following his um, interview <laughs> in the Athletic, where he said it's it's not over for him at Leeds? Maybe I, I thought Aronson was the worst player in the Premier League last season. He uh, drove me absolutely crazy, but we've seen a resurgence of players this season. He is probably going to be surplus up at Union Berlin. Is there an opportunity for a mutual agreement? He comes back and we let Nanto go for, as you say, 25, 30 million. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, Brendan Aronson, the word he used in that interview with, I think it was the Athletic, wasn't it? Was that he went to Union Berlin for his development. It's like, who has told him that this is going to be like good for your development when you've had a piss poor year in the Premier League? It's like a good year for development would be in the championship. Like, Getting physically stronger, um, eking out performances. So I think it. I don't know how I'd feel about him coming back, um, but I think it it would do him good, like to play in the championship and play football under someone like Farker, a decent manager, and get an opportunity. So could be interesting. I yeah. I, so last week I was celebrating how rubbish all our loanees were doing, um, but in reality, I think I am quite. Like split on the whole thing. Like if if Aronson came back, I mean, you know, what what's the point of saying that you don't want him to come back? Like, well, you might not want him to come back, but if he came back, everyone would be yeah. you know behind him again, like they are with Nyonto. And you know, who knows? He he, you know, we've seen it. Well, loads of players have have proved us wrong. Um, so you know, he could do as well. You you never know, and he has got ability. Um, so maybe it would be interesting to see. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like, yeah, I don't want to ever see any of them back, but I know that if they came back, like, that my opinion would straight away change because, well, yeah. it has to done it. Yeah, although maybe not so much for Sinistera um, if he came well, back. Well, yeah, that's Although if you, if you saw the highlights of uh, Bournemouth, he came on for, I think, about 20 minutes and he, he could have scored four goals. He was absolutely brilliant, um, which is not good because... Uh, Our, uh, Harrison got an assist as well for Everton, didn't he? Yep. He's Matt, doing quite well. I'd have Harrison back. I don't, I don't, I don't even put Harrison in the same bracket personally as the, 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 the other Torncoats who, who jumped ship. Uh, Harrison put in his time and it was quite clear that at his age he, he needs to be in the Premier League. 
and I don't think he, yeah. he ran for the hills as quickly as the other. So I'd have him back given given half a chance. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think with, with Harrison especially, like he gave everything for the club. Like he was so committed, you know, training through the summer. Like you couldn't possibly ask for any more from Harrison. But I mean, I always got the feeling from him that there was no real love for the club. Like I, I think he's, and, and that's not a criticism, you know, like all we can ask is for the players to give absolutely everything. And he did a million percent. Um, so, you know, it's yeah that's his personality he's a like he's a full-blown professional like he just wants the best for his career you know and we were you know thankfully we we got the benefits from his commitment to I do think himself and his career um and that's fine like you know we can't demand that everyone falls in love with us um so yeah if Harrison came back we we know what we would be getting um so yeah I wouldn't wouldn't be against it yeah it's funny you mentioned that thing about Harrison maybe not loving uh, the club as much as other, at least not overtly anyway. But I also get the feeling that he would have stayed for another five or six years had we had we just stayed up. Um, because I think we were we were enough for him. I think he was happy here. He was settled, and like that, I don't think he has that kind of crazy ambition to play at the highest highest level, Champions League, all that stuff. I'm sure he does, but I think he would have happily stayed at Leeds and had a ten had ten years for us with us had we just stayed up. Uh, Mark Rocker. He didn't he hasn't he had a Spain call up as well? Have I imagined that? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, or at least it was rumored that he was getting one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, right. Man of the match. Who's your man of the match? Uh, I think I, I think I have to say Rodon. I was between Rodon and Kamara, and um, I'll give it to Rodon just because he's just so solid and he did his job as well better than everyone else. Dara. Um. Probably can't disagree with that. Um, I thought Ruter again was great. I thought Camaro was great, but we didn't score the the, the the ten goals that we should have. Had we done that, I would have given it to one of the more forward thinking players. But yeah, I think Joe Rodon's a solid call. Ruter the third coming, and Arch Gray the fourth coming. So uh, <laughs> where's Pablo that, fit into this? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he's one point five. Uh, <laughs> although we don't do point fives. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going Arch Gray. Um, I, I got a good view of him in front of us um, and I just thought he was amazing. Like, beyond his years and incredible to watch. Really excited um, to see him develop at Leeds United and I hope he stays. I don't think he'll go. Um, you, you, when, you, when you're on an upward trajectory, playing football week in, week out, at 17 years old, you're daft to move on, aren't you? Let's be honest. So uh, long may it continue. Archie Gray for me. Uh, can I change mine? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you're right. Actually, you've convinced me. You're right. Like, we expect this from Rodon. He's a Welsh international. He's class. Archie Gray was magnificent yesterday. Um, he was fantastic. So, yeah, no, I've got to go Archie Gray, actually. Rocker, yeah, me too. Archie, all the way. 100%. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't say that as a rousing speech to turn everyone into... Uh, Lest we forget uh, Archie Gray, but here we are. So you're, the, you're like the English William Wallace here with these uh, big speeches. <laughs> we'll follow you anywhere, James. <laughs> what is the equivalent of that? I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, cool. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no, Argentina away in the eye break. Come on, Uruguay. Are you going again, <laughs> How many international no, teams do you follow? So you've got England, Italy, and Uruguay now. <laughs> well, you got on your I follow one. I follow one now. I'm all 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 Uruguay, aren't we? Um, so yeah, I have to relegate the other two for now. While Bielsa's there, bless him. It's going to be a horrible kickoff time, isn't it, uh, Uruguay? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm away as well. I'm away with work, so I'm in, in Bremen. Um, so it will be 1am for me. But I will be there tweeting about it. If you want any uh, updates, you can uh, have a look at my timeline in the morning when you wake up. I thought you were going to say uh, ping ping on notifications, wake me, wake you up in the middle of the night. Messi scored a Yeah, that'll be exciting. That I think Bielsa made some comments on Messi, didn't he? About um, I think they asked how he, how how to stop him, and he just basically said, "You can't stop Messi." It's like, <laughs> fair enough. Um, cool. Well, I'm hopefully we'll we'll join everyone for another episode during the eye break. Last time round, we got busy and we didn't do one. Um, or we certainly left it late. So um, yeah, this time round, hopefully we'll do one um, in the next week or so. Maybe we do one after Archie's played, um, Roots has played for the under-21s, and um, and yeah, we know that. Rocker. Rocker's uh, played for Spain. Everyone wants <laughs> to know about that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see you see you all very soon, but thanks for listening. Cheers for coming on as well, Dara. Last time I didn't thank you, so make a point of it this time. <laughs> You're very welcome. Anytime. Cheers, Dara. Network.